Hello and welcome to the relaunched New Look Tez Scotland podcast. My name is Emma Seath and I'm a senior reporter for Tez Scotland, the magazine for education professionals. Every month we'll publish a long read investigation, a new addition to what we do at Tez Scotland, and every month we'll discuss what we found on this podcast. I'm joined today by Tez Scotland editor Henry Hepburn, who will be speaking about his in-depth analysis of the preference waiver scheme one of the most intriguing and inventive pieces of Scottish education policy of recent times, but something that very few people know about outside education circles. This is the scheme that gives new teachers in Scotland thousands of pounds if, for their first full year working as a teacher, they are prepared to relinquish control of where in the country they end up working with the result that they could end up anywhere. So, Henry, welcome. Hi there, Emma. How are you doing? Yeah, good, good, good. So... Can you just tell us a bit more about what the preference waiver scheme actually is and why you wanted to look into that topic? Yeah, I feel like the first thing I should say is please don't switch off preference waiver scheme. It sounds deadly dull, doesn't it? But it's really not. It's really one of the most uh, interesting things that I've written about in recent times. It's been around for a long time, actually. It's, and it was, a, I guess it was a solution uh, a good number of years ago to what were well, so long-standing recruitment problems. We've obviously got quite particular demographics and geography in Scotland, whereby, you know, about 80% of the population lives in what we call a central belt, but we've got this huge expanse of, you know, the country where, uh, you know, if you've got a lot of smaller schools, a lot of rural schools, uh, and, you know, quite far from the central belt, you're talking maybe a five, six hour drive to some places and obviously boat trips and so on and so forth. And historically, a lot of these schools have struggled to recruit teachers, um, and this was proposed as a, as a solution to that. So if you rewind about 20 years ago now, we, we came up with, or the Scotland came up with something that's called the probationer scheme, more properly called the induction scheme. And essentially it's like a bridging year from your studies at university to become a teacher, to being a fully fledged teacher in between you're guaranteed this year where you work pretty much, not quite a full-time teacher because there's still some time built in to study, but you're pretty much a teacher and you're guaranteed a place in a school somewhere in Scotland. Now that started, but then it was quickly realized that, um, what happens now is that most teachers are they, they rank their five local authorities in order of preference of where they want to go, and that's fine, and that's that's used to, to allocate them. But they were still finding that uh, a lot of schools and local authorities were struggling to recruit, so they introduced the preference waiver scheme, which started in two thousand four five, um, and uh, essentially you're given a financial incentive to not put your preferences in to basically, you're basically saying, right, I'm going to get this financial payment and in return, I agree to be sent anywhere in Scotland I'm needed. Um, and I've heard lots of fascinating anecdotes about the waiver scheme over the years, about people who went to this new place they'd never been to before and never left and got married and settled down and so forth, but no one's ever really written about it in depth. So I thought it was about time someone did that and it, and, and that's what I've done. Let's to the chase. How much cash did they actually get? Okay. So, uh, it's, uh, Eight, and it's not changed for a lot of years now, um, but it's £8,000 for uh, secondary teachers, £6,000 for primary teachers. It used to actually be that, that, that whatever sector you worked in, you got the same, but I think there were some particular recruitment difficulties at the secondary level that led to, uh, pretty soon left to an increase in that. So, and, and, it, and it gives, it gives teachers basically what's a bit of a sliding doors moment in their lives, because really some people go and do their year and then they come back and, and move on. Uh, maybe move back to where they're from, but some people really do settle down and stay in this new community they've been sent to. Um, and uh, 
there's now a phrase that's entered the jargon of teachers in Scotland. It's called ticking, you know, ticking the box. And that means there's literally on the form, online form, you can click into a box and tick it. And that's you saying, yeah, I'm a preference waivers teacher. I'm going to go wherever I'm needed. Um, so that's, so then you get discussions amongst student teachers, you know, are you going to tick the box? Are you going to tick the box? Um, and so how do the that, teachers is it that actually decide that they're going to take the leap? So it's about, I think in the latest figures for this year, it was 332. The highest it's ever been was about 10 years ago. I think it was 481. Um, this year it's just over 10% of probationers have done it. Uh, the highest point was a few years ago, where it was 12.7%. It looks like COVID um, maybe has knocked the, the figures down a little, but not as much as some people were fearing. So it still, you know, hovers uh, in recent years, it seems to hover about 10% or a bit more of, of probationers will, will choose to tick the box. And you've got some really interesting stories in this investigation just about you know, you were saying what piqued your interest in the first place was hearing about people who had you know, opted to tick the box and then it had changed their lives. What were some of those stories that you were hearing as you investigated this? Absolutely. Some people have had some amazing experiences. Like I say, people who are sent to Park Scotland, they're, they're barely aware of, uh, let alone being there in the past, and they're just not sure what it's going to be like and end up falling in love with the place. You know, they, you know maybe someone who's never been outside the Central Belt very much, um, and ends up in a place like, you know, somewhere in the Highlands or in Murray or Aberdeenshire. And, uh, um, and, and it's, you know, maybe a, a, they, they count a rural way of life that they've not uh, met before. I mean, I've heard, you know, some of the examples people gave me were that uh, come to get your head around that there might not, you know, attendance might be down during lambing season or that, uh, um, you know, the, 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 it might be down during the, when the Royal Highland show is on and, uh, you know, the big agricultural show. Um, but what's also interesting is that because people are tended to get um, sent to small schools, that can mean that they get a lot of responsibility. So in a secondary school, you might find yourself having a lot of certificates at classes. You know, you might be teaching higher, even advanced higher pupils in a way that might not have happened elsewhere. But it also means that the sheer number of duties that might fall upon you, um, maybe beyond the, the range you'd have been expecting. So you might, you know, have heard people, they've ended up scripting the school panto or, you know, having to take on uh, responsibilities for on a cold day like it is today here in Scotland, you know, gritting the playground because the small school that just doesn't have a janitor. So, um, for some people, those kinds, they'll, they'll rise to those kinds of challenges and they won't be overwhelmed, but. I suppose being a, I was reading about Emma Cooper, I think, who ended up in Far, or who now works in Far High, which is is the sort of most northern tip, really, of Scotland, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, and she was a, she ended up in a so as a solo solo department, essentially. Is that right? Yeah, she's so so she's got a really interesting take on that because she says that it gave her a huge amount of. Um, responsibility um in uh in teaching subjects like history and modern studies um seems to be this has come up a few times i don't know how typical this is but it seems to be social subjects that seem to have had particular recruitment problems uh quite a lot and uh, in, in speak to the people i've spoken to and she talks about you know it's an amazing experience you know you're you're taking she ends up taking pupils students from a very early stage in her career through all levels um, of exam, of course, from, you know, almost right from the start. And she talks about, you know, what an amazing opportunity that would not have happened everywhere, but that can also be a burden as well, because 
your support if ultimately happens sometimes that some teachers right at the very outset of the career are basically becoming one person departments for their subject, which obviously is a lot of pressure. Um, fold into that, uh, for all that we talked about, you know, go to a new community and immersing yourself in that can be excited. There can also be loneliness. You're a long way from home, you could feel isolated. So there's a big responsibility for the school, uh, for the local authority to offer support to, to teachers who suddenly find themselves far from home. Um, but and by and large, from what I've heard, that, that does tend to happen. Um, I mean, the important thing to say is it has, it's not just obviously about the individual who, who goes to these, uh, who, who takes on the, who ticks the box and becomes a preference favorite teacher. It's also, we've also looked at what's that, you know, does, does it do what, what's it intended to do, which is solve recruitment problems. And, and often it has, um, you know, I spoke to a head teacher in Vernes who said that over the years, it's really helped that it's, uh, you know, helped with staffing problems that just might not be resolved otherwise. But there was an interesting knock-on effect as well. So I spoke to Leslie Manson, who is the former education director in Orkney, and he was there at the outset of the, um, the preference waiver scheme. And he said there was a real, there were some real benefits, not only for the, the waiver teachers, for these uh, teachers just entering the profession, but also for more experienced teachers who were there because it, it freed up uh, teachers. He said some really outstanding teachers in Orkney, and the waiver scheme was almost a launch pad for their careers. It, it freed up time for professional development to do things they maybe want to do for a while, but just could never never had the time and resources to to get around to do them. So there's that as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously there, there there are downsides, and I think people have to be pretty clued up about what they're entering into before before they go down the road of the preference waiver. I think that you spoke to Lawrence Finlay uh, about that. He leads um, education in Aberdeenshire um, and, and he was sort of filling you in on um, some of the, 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 maybe that some people you know, sort of sometimes find it overwhelming, you know, so that, 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 that uh, theme we were talking about where some people might, some of the young people who come, they might rise to the challenge, but some might find that being, you know, sort of away from, the central, you know, the central belt and being out in the, you know, sort of more uh, rural and remote parts of Scotland, although not always, um, you know, sort of isn't what they expected. And, and also, you know, the responsibility that might come with that isn't something that they're ready for. Well, you make a good point, uh, just, just in, uh, about this, this doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be sent to Shetland or to you know, the northern parts of the Highlands or anything, you can end up just down the road. I, I heard anecdotally about someone who, who lived uh, somewhere near Glasgow, I think, and ended up at a school like literally 200 metres from their front door. So it's, there's an algorithm at play which which looks at where there are shortages of staff in particular areas and then, you know, somehow allocates teachers on the basis of that. So you could be sent to Aberdeenshire, you could be sent to Highlands, you could be sent to East Renfrewshire or Edinburgh or Glasgow. Um, also, usually that, that's happening in smaller numbers. But yeah, you make uh, Lawrence Finlay. So yeah, he's education director in Aberdeenshire and a former secondary head. So yeah, he makes, uh, it was really interesting talking to him because Aberdeenshire is a really big area. And he was saying that maybe people don't quite realize what they're entering into and they expect maybe a rural adult, they expect, uh, uh, you know, maybe have a slightly romanticized version of what they're, they're going into. And he's been disappointed in recent years that when Aberdeenshire gets, uh, probationers through the preference waiver scheme. They seem happy enough if they're to sort of to the south of Aberdeen, if they're to the west of Aberdeen, uh, um, and you know, within easy reach of the within easy reach of the big city of Aberdeen, and if you're to the south of Aberdeen, you know, it's not all that long a trip to get back south to the central belt. But he's been really disappointed with um 
the fact that if they get set more to the north of Aberdeenshire, so you're talking Banff, Fraserburgh, um, Peterhead, and for people who don't quite, can't quite visualise the geography, if you're in Fraserburgh, it's sort of a three-hour round trip by bus to get to Aberdeen. So um, it says when people have been sent there, they've often not taken up the, the, you know, they've not taken up that placement, which is a massive headache for the schools involved. Uh, they, they find this out just before summer and they have to sort of, you know, start drawing up their plans again. And so he, he wonders if maybe a bit more could be done and just making people realize that, you know, that that's not in the spirit of things. If you're not getting quite what you expect from the waiver scheme, you're agreed to be sent anywhere. And, uh, he just wants to make sure people are, are clued up about, you know, they could end up in all sorts of places. Um, he was also interested, uh, in terms of, he just, he also mentioned that, uh, Aberdeen the last two years has had no, has ended up with no primary teachers through the preference waiver scheme, which seems pretty surprising. So he just wonders if he thinks it's still a great scheme, but maybe it's just time for it to be tweaked to, uh, do something that just makes sure that teachers are going to where they've traditionally are most needed. Okay. Okay. And so, you know, sort of in that vein, has there ever been a review of the scheme and what are, are there any plans to change it? You know, as you say, it's been around for, for quite a long time. So, you know, after something's existed for a decade plus, there's usually a, an argument for taking a look at it again. Well, I was quite surprised that there doesn't, it doesn't appear to have been a sort of comprehensive review of the preference waiver scheme. There was a, a report found way back from 2008 after it'd been going a few years. Which uh, which was quite interesting, but uh, but nothing comprehensive. Certainly not in in recent years. That said, there is something that's been brought together called the Teacher Induction Ongoing Review Group, which is going to look at, I guess, all aspects of the Teacher Induction Scheme, the Probationer Scheme. So this year, um, when teachers have this guaranteed placement to, uh, as they're just entering the the profession of teaching, and as part of that, ex explicit mentions there's only a passing reference, um, but that the preference waiver scheme will be looked at. It doesn't sound like it's going to be not abolished or anything. It sounds like it's more a case of fine tuning. And uh, I contacted the government and they said that any changes should be in place for 2023. So I guess in time for the 2023-24 um, uh, school year. So looks like changes are afoot, but the preference waiver scheme is, is here to stay. It's done a lot of good over the years. Maybe it needs a bit of tweaking, but uh, it's, uh, it's still going to be around for years to come, it seems. That's brilliant. Well, thank you so much for sharing that with us, Henry. Um, you can read Henry's investigation at www.tes.com forward slash magazine. Next time on the TES Scotland podcast, we'll be looking back on two years of COVID and reflecting on what has happened since March 2020, when in the space of less than a week, inspections were halted, schools were closed and the exams were cancelled. We'll be talking to head teachers and teachers about their experiences and asking them to reflect on what happened, what the impact has been and the challenges they face now. We hope you'll join us then.